Hello, Wizards fans, and welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm your host, Jackson Filio, joined by Zach Rosen and Chris Gehring of WashingtonWizards.com. Today we're going to recap a couple deals from the Wizards on trade deadline day, and at the end, an interview with former Wizard Richard Lewis. But let's start with the deals, guys. Jerome Robinson joining the team by way of the L.A. Clippers, and Shabazz Napier joining the team by way of the Denver Nuggets. Uh... You know, the team gives up Isaiah Thomas and the draft rights to Isus Sanan uh, in exchange for Robinson and sends Jordan McRae uh, to Denver in exchange for Napier. Let's start with Jerome Robinson, second-year guard out of Boston College. Um, limited in terms of minutes with the Clippers, obviously given you know their elite veteran rotation, but he's, he's shown flashes in his two years. What do you guys see from him? So the Wizards were super high on him uh, dating back to the 2018 draft. Uh, kind of crazy now that they ended up with three guys from that draft in the first round and then Isak Bonga from the second round. Um, with Jerome, I think he was pretty high up on their board. He unfortunately, for the Wizards at the time, got picked ahead of where they were stationed, I think at 15th. Uh, turns out they get him in a pretty marginal trade. Didn't really have to give up a ton considering Isaiah Thomas got waived. Uh, uh, Isuf was definitely a few years away, maybe as uh, Fran Fraschel said, three years away from being three years away. We don't really know. Um, but with Jerome, you're getting a combo guard, good size, played on John Wall's AAU team. So John is very familiar with his game. Um, but the Wizards were really impressed by him, I, I think, as Jackson. I know you have a good stat on He just didn't really get a lot of opportunity. And uh, when you're on a championship caliber team like the Clippers and with a lot of veteran guards and, well, wings for that matter for them, it's hard to really strut your stuff. Um, but after they also drafted Terrence Mann, or I forget if they he was undrafted, either way he was got one another young piece for them. So uh, Jerome's going to get an opportunity to play here, um, and I think he'll make the most of it. He's from Raleigh, which is nearby, as we said, with John Wall. Um, I think he's going to really embrace this opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the limited opportunity he had in LA. One game this year with 25 minutes or more, and he made the most of it. 21 points on 8 of 13 shooting and 5 of 7 from beyond the arc. So when he gets hot, he can he can shoot it. I think it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do with a few more minutes in this rotation, obviously. And you mentioned that 2018 draft and all that the Wizards were able to take from it. Tommy Shepard actually spoke about that a little bit last night. 2018, that draft was interesting because we really liked, uh, so, you know, we liked Jerome a lot. We liked Troy Brown a lot. We liked Mo Bogner a lot. And we ended up with all three of them. And as a matter of fact, we also have Isak Bonga from that draft. So 2018 was good for us. And we're going to, we plan on developing Jerome very similar track to all the other players that we received in, in the last year. And we said from day one, this year is about player development. And let's watch these guys getting better. And we're seeing them. Chris, what do you see from Jerome Robinson? I think the I think the biggest thing that speaks volumes is that Tommy, even in the in the 2018 draft, he was one of the, if he was the lead talent evaluator, I think, and especially as a scout and leading that scouting department. Jerome Robinson was the last guy that they brought in during that process. I think that speaks volumes that they really wanted to see him right before the draft. It also speaks volumes that they had him clearly on their board at 15 probably in that range and that he got picked a little bit before i think that speaks a lot to what the whole league saw out of him which is really impressive when you think about it about a program like boston college 
Yes, they play in the ACC. They do play good opponents, and he played up to a lot of those opponents in in college, especially later in his career there. So all of those things are, are really impressive from his standpoint because it's not a school that you necessarily look at as like the breeding ground for top NBA lottery level talent. But looking at – I was just looking back at his scouting report coming out of college. It's not that long ago, but a lot of the things that they say about Jerome in his pre-draft are the exact things that the Wizards love. Guys who defend better maybe than their frame suggests. Tenacious defender, explosive athlete – uh, can be a really good scorer. And when you look at kind of the profiles that were on this team before the deadline, Jordan McRae, a really prolific scorer, a guy who could come off the bench and get you buckets in a lot of ways. I think Jerome Robinson can be a similar type player. He's just younger. He has a lot more more runway to grow. And obviously, when, when you're acquiring lottery-level talent, first-round level talent, um, in this stage for the Wizards, I think that's really, really important. And so... I'm sure that Tommy and company were ecstatic to get him on board at this at this juncture, and uh, it'll be really really interesting. He's going to get a chance to grow a lot here uh, with a, with a lot of guys that are his peers too, and I think that that's a good environment. Obviously, the leadership of John and Brad is important for sure, but I think growing among a group where everybody talks about timelines for different groups and like this is the window for this group of players, he joins a, a core that he fits right into that window, so to speak. And so they're all going to get to grow together, Thomas, Troy, uh, even Brad, still a young guy. So I think that's the really exciting part. And, you know, all these trade deadline deals, you know, of course, I'm sure that John and Brad were, were kept abreast of the of the talks here. And so I'm sure that they, they – I know that they saw his workout. He was coming out of college. They watched him coming out of college. Obviously, John is familiar with him. And so – all of those things add up to, I think, a really strong addition that is going to be chalked up as one that happened on the margins of this trade deadline. But I think in a couple of years or sooner, we could see it be a lot bigger of a deal. Yeah, and part of that deal obviously includes sending Isaiah Thomas out, which created a void at point guard for the Wizards. That was filled in a separate deal, bringing in Shabazz Napier from the Nuggets. Napier's a bit of a journeyman over his six-year career. He played with five different teams, and that's actually not even including the Nuggets, who he was only with for about 24 hours. He was acquired from the Timberwolves in a separate deal on Wednesday night. But he's had a good year in in that time with with Minnesota. He averaged career highs in minutes, points, rebounds, assists, steals. He did a lot for them. What do you guys see from him on each end of the court? I think he fits the style the Wizards want to play with the quick point guard that can create his own shot. Um, With Shabazz, I mean, he is here in being brought to to fill a role like he's going to play and I think he's shown that he his playmaking has gotten better we know his he's a three-point shooter he has crazy moves uh but for him to stick I think this is a big opportunity for him to get his next NBA contract which he's being given that opportunity uh but I think he fits well uh John and Brad are familiar with him he uh was really obviously a historical college player won two championships at UConn basically carried them on his back one of those years um so that's a long time ago when you're you're putting this into perspective but I do think he's a confident player he's going to mesh well with the guys been told he's one of the nicest guys in the NBA um and uh I think he'll he'll fit really well hopefully um he sticks and 
maybe he he comes back next year or he gets another deal but i think he's going to be given a good opportunity here as well yeah and in the immediate future the wizards take on the mavericks tonight obviously more than likely that ish smith will get the start but chris when you look at ish smith and shabazz napier going forward over the course of the rest of the season how do you think those two will you know work it out in terms of who's starting when who's playing with who in, in the rotation yeah we'll have to see because i think as we know in the NBA, it's it's more about who plays when later in the game as opposed to who starts. And I know that Ish is comfortable coming off the bench. It's kind of his routine. We've talked to him before about that, just like getting into the game, getting warmed up, getting re-prepared to come into the game as a, as a shot in the arm, really. Um, and that is the kind of player that he is. However, it's, it's also the kind of player that Shabazz Napier is. I mean, he can be an electric player with a ball in his hands. Um, he's his assist numbers have increased this season as well so I think that it's it's certainly I think it'll be ish early in the going here until maybe Shabazz gets a couple of practices at least a couple of shoot arounds some time to gel with the team but I really think that more importantly it's an opportunity for the same level of um maybe not unpredictability, but a little bit of unpredictability from the point guard position, that is now going to, going to be a constant for 40 minutes with the Wizards. They'll have a guy who can have the ball in his hands and either create something for himself out of really nothing or create something for teammates. I think both Shabazz and Ish have that unique ability. And quite honestly, the they have they both have that ability to go, for lack of a better word, to do to go like, and one mixtape and just wow people uh, with handles, scoring ability. Both of them can do that. I think having that consistently brings a, a new dimension to this team for sure. Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities in their games too. Their ability to pass both in you know, half-court sets but in transitions. I mean, you consider the weapons around them on this team, whether it's Brad or Davis from the perimeter, You know, it, that's an important skill to have, and I think you're going to see it from both of them over the course of the season being able to bring that. Um, and, you know, on deadline day, the additions are always exciting, and we talk about what the future holds for those guys. But with that comes some departures, which is uh, you know always tough to reflect on, especially for some of the guys that you know meant a lot to the locker room. Tommy Shepard talked a little bit about that last night as well. One of the hardest days of, of any NBA calendar is, is the trade deadline because you you're not just trading the player, you're, you're trading their family, you're trading all their friends, you're trading all these memories that we had together here. It's difficult. Isaiah was a pro's pro from day one. We brought him in. Every one of our rookies, every one of our young players had to see his love for the game and his work ethic every day, and he brought it every day. There's no question his passion for the game, his brilliant basketball mind. So, guys, when you look at Jordan McRae and Isaiah Thomas as a whole, they're number two and number three on this team in terms of usage rate. There is a lot of production that you know came from those two guys. In terms of filling the void as a whole that those two guys are the the Wizards are going to lean on a lot of new faces to do things that they haven't done so far this season what do you see in terms of requiring certain guys to step up in their wake I think you're going to see the Wizards make more passes um, and that's not a knock on Isaiah or Jordan they're both really good isolation scorers they can shoot the hell out of the ball Um, but a lot of times I think Jordan was kind of forced to shoot at the end of shot clocks and make baskets because that's what he does uh, with who he was playing with. I think ditto IT, um, besides having Beal uh, 
and a lot of teams kind of sagged off IT thinking he couldn't still shoot, and that was kind of his weapon was he was an excellent shooter while he was with the Wizards um, for his short tenure here. But you're, I think you're going to see more passing. Um, now that some guys are back, you're going to see a lot more screen setting. Uh, I think you're going to see a different rotation. I don't know how that will change until Thomas Bryant's like back again, but having Rui back now, Mo Wagner, uh, you never know what's going to happen in the buyout times as well. So it's just going to be a different team. And a lot of these guys now, you add in Jerome Robinson, keep in mind Jordan McRae was an expiring contract. Now you have, I think, eight or nine guys locked in for next year. You bring back John Wall. Uh, this team has said they want to re-sign Davis Bertans. You get a draft pick. So this is like almost 75% of what the team is going to be next year. So now is when you really continue to build your program and say, all right, this is who we have. And Tommy Shepard said that last night. This is who we have now for the rest of this year and a lot of next year. Um, and I'm interested to see now that so C.J. Miles is gone, Isaiah Thomas is gone, Jordan McRae is gone, a lot of veterans. This is a really, really young team. Like it was young a day ago. It's way younger today. So how does that work out? Um, I think. You still have Ish Smith, Yamahimi, John Wall, Bradley Beal with a lot of experience. Shabazz Napier has a lot of experience. He's respected. Um, but I, the other thing I would say is I think we all know, it goes without saying, Isaiah Thomas's defensive uh, woes. Um, but Shabazz Napier is small, but he really attacks the ball. He's a face guarder, kind of like Ish Smith. So we'll see how that changes things. Um, there's no doubt that the defense can get better. So... We'll see how that change uh, will go with that. Let's talk a little bit about Jordan McRae, who I think the highlight of his season this year was that stretch around the time when Brad was out with his leg injury, and McRae was really asked to step into a more primary scoring role, and he really shouldered that load. He had a 30-point game in there, a ton of 20-point games um, you know, on the season, average in double digits. Um, and I, I think for the Wizards, one thing Tommy Shepard talked about last night was – how proud they were not just of Jordan McRae and how far he's come but you know what an example he is of this program's developmental group you know McRae started with the go-go um and worked his way up and that's a credit to him and to the the staff as a whole I just can't say enough about Jordan what a great pro what a great story for our go-go and our staff bringing him up from a two-way to becoming a roster player becoming a rotation player it speaks to his talent his abilities but also the development program here and uh, man we're gonna miss him Chris what do you think in terms of you know the void McRae leaves and how these guys will be able to fill it yeah it's certainly a leadership role the term glue guy is overused and I know that there are plenty of players that don't like it but I I really do think that Jordan was a guy who got along with everybody he propped everybody up he, he is a veteran in this league. He's been around. He won a championship. Um, and there's a guy – there are guys who uh, – everybody knows the ability that he has. They see it in practice. Uh, he's dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career. But I think just his, his overall presence, you can feel it when he walks into a room. He's so kind and courteous to everybody, no matter how well you know him or you don't. Uh, and those kind of guys – over a long season when things get hard and there things can get annoying you can get you know mad at one person or another throughout a year 
he's so important. A guy like him is so important to have in the locker room. Never mind the fact that he grew tremendously as a player. Uh, he his I think his full ability his ability to impact a game single-handedly was really realized this year. It started at the end of last year when he got opportunities to play in big moments down the stretch when the Wizards just needed him. And really, this is the culmination of all that work. You, the, the Nuggets traded for him. That's a playoff team. They are going to be in the thick of it for the remainder of the season and into the postseason in a very difficult West Confer- Western Conference. And they sought him out to add to their roster. That is really really telling of how far Jordan McRae has come and he really deserves this opportunity I think everybody would say they're very happy for him to get this opportunity but certainly he's he's going to be missed and you know guys are going to have to step up guys are going to have to mature in the locker room without him for sure uh, not to say like like Zach said there's still that veteran leadership there Jan's super important in that Ish is super important in that and obviously Brad but yeah I mean th- he will be missed by by all of us for sure uh, he was just awesome to be around, and I, I know that in the locker room, that that matters. It makes a big difference, especially in seasons where things aren't always going well in the wins and loss column. That'll do it for us in terms of trade deadline talk. Up next, we've got an interview with two-time All-Star, former Wizard, and one of the best shooters of all time, Richard Lewis. All right, Wizards fans, we're now joined by a 16-year NBA veteran, two-time All-Star, and former Wizard, Richard Lewis. Richard, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm going to start somewhere, uh, or you probably often start in interviews like these. Um, you know, you're one of the best three-point shooters of all time mm-hmm. in, in this league, and you know, top 20 in three-pointers made, played with some of the best shooting teams in the league. That was really what defined a lot of your career. And you retired in 2014, right around the boom of three-point shooting in this league. Right, right. When you watch today's game and the amount of times that – even so-so shooters are getting uh-huh. to shoot from beyond the arc these days. Are you a little bit jealous of what they get oh, to do? Very. I'm a decade too early. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a shooting league, and, and we talk about it all the time. Um, I remember when I played in Seattle with Ray Allen. Uh, we, we, Us and the Phoenix Suns kind of started that small ball when Phoenix had Stoudemire, uh, Steve Nash. You know, they spread the floor one, four out, one in. And, and that's when it kind of started, but the way the game is today, especially with the Golden State Warriors, and Steph Curry and those guys, Draymond Green, playing at the four. You know, it's a lot of bigs that are shooting threes now. Yeah, and I think the Magic get a lot of credit for being yeah. the team that started that trend. They yeah, were, I mean, but that was 2007 like through 2010 yeah. was your guys' range there. And it, Pat like, Garrity pulling up. <laughs> <laughs> Stan put us in a position because we had such a dominant center in Dwight Howard at the time, and we didn't want to be in his way or not on, uh, you know, they double teamed him all the time, so we didn't want to crowd the paint. We wanted him to control the pain, and we just spread the floor with shooters. What do you remember about what Stan did and how he coached that team to play that way? Because it was really ahead of its time. It was. Uh, like you said, we were, had a lot of shooters, and uh, Dwight was dominant. We was a great offensive team, but Stan was a defensive-minded coach, and I think that's where our success came in. Uh, that's why we were so young when we made the finals when we played the Lakers. Uh, it was because of the defense, uh, defensive end. And Stan was a great X's and O's coach. Um, but when you got a guy like Dwight Howard, you want to try to lead that paint to him. How does that kind of – I mean, a lot of people say that the, the league's going away from that, yeah. the the dominant center and all that stuff. But you guys proved, and other teams have too, and especially in the playoffs, that teams can still have it both ways. They could still get points in the paint, especially in the playoffs when, you know, there are times where you really just need a bucket and it's still a high percentage shot down there. How does that 
there's still room for that in today's game, it right? It is, and I think you said it best as it, the playoffs. You know, uh, during the regular season, the game is fast, up and down, a lot of three-point shooting. But playoffs, you're playing a seven-game series, the game slows down a little bit more. It's more of half-court basketball and executing, and I think that's when bigs really come into play, uh, rebounding and blocking shots is a big key to winning, especially rebounding. If you can't rebound the ball, then uh, your chances are slim at winning. When your time was here, kind of before John and Brad really started, you know, yeah. taking off, but there's been a few different eras of Wizards basketball, you know, when you were in the league 16-year vet. Um, how do you see this team now and where they're headed uh, versus, you know, when you played with Gil here, kind of the, the end of that run? I think they're headed in the right direction. I, I think they re- really have a great coach. Um, Bradley Beal should be an all-star this year. Uh, he he kind of reminds me of Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. You know, can shoot the ball, but also can put it on the floor, take it to the rim, uh, kind of ISO one-on-one. Um, but like you said, I was here when John Wall was really young, and he was really he was still growing uh, and maturing a little bit. And and to watch him get to the level of basketball player that he is today is is really amazing. Uh, but you know, I know he's injured this year, and he, he'll be he'll come back. I'm pretty sure healthy next season. Um, but that's I think he's a big key to this team. When you're missing an all-star, it's hard to win ball games. But I think Bradley Beal's been doing a great job of holding this team together. You were traded to the Wizards, John's rookie year. Did you know then that rookie John Wall would become All-NBA All-Star John Wall? I knew he was a good player, especially watching him at Kentucky. Um, but I didn't know how he would progress over the years. And it seemed like he got better and better each year. Uh, his game has, has slowed down. He can understand the court, uh, the pick and roll. Um, he just seems like when I when I played with him, he was going one speed, and that was just fast. And uh, it seemed like he's starting to uh, understand the game and go to different speeds. Uh, but he's getting his teammates more involved than, than anything, and I think that's uh, just maturing over the years. You uh, were in an era with where a lot of guys now are on TV, like mm-hmm. Richard Jefferson, Perk yeah. is on ESPN <laughs> just going off all the time. Even Drew Gooden. Drew yeah. Gooden, yeah. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to in your post-playing career? And you're very well-spoken, so you know I thought maybe that was in your, your future at some yeah, point. But I do want to get back into the NBA and do some things, if that's coaching or if that's media. Um, but right now my main focus is I have young kids, um, 5, 7, and, 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 and 12, uh, what, I'm sorry, but not only, you know, I'm, I missed the little things with them when I was playing, as in dropping them off at school, you know, going to the school play. So I'm enjoying doing that right now. When they get a little older, then I'll probably get back into maybe coaching or just doing something to be have that relationship with the NBA. Uh, but I think it's very important for me to, to spend time with my kids right now. And I don't want to miss out on it because I remember when I was playing, we, we spent a lot of time at the gym, but as a coach and the staff, Oh my God! They more they at the gym they more than we there. are, you know. Yeah. They, they and then during the summertime when you go home during off season, they're scouting, they're recruiting, they're going to the they're getting ready for the draft. They're doing the summer league. Then they get like one month off uh, right before training camp right. starts. So I don't want to miss out on the little things in my kids' life. Yeah, you already so gave the league sixteen years. That's right. Yeah, yeah so it's a, a few more break. years off. <laughs> yeah. So I'm enjoying just raising my my kids right now. That's great. Yeah. And I also have a program um, back in Houston. A well. Uh, Rashard Lewis Academy where we train young kids uh, as well as AAU teams. It's been going for 10 years, but since I'm home, I can be okay. a little bit more hands-on and help with the, with the guys that's been running it since I was when I was in the NBA. But I also enjoy doing that too. I just feel like giving back to my community because I feel like the community, I owe it to the community. Houston's such a tight-knit group too. With I know 
the the adopted players that are there like James yes. Russ yeah. now, but like JJ Watt got super invested in the city, right. um, and the guys who've come through here like Tim Frazier mm-hmm. was from there, and they you could tell yeah. like Houston is a lot of pride. It is. But you know one thing I'm upset about is. Me being growing up in Houston is the Nationals beat us in the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's it was an amazing, it was a good series though. It seemed like nobody could win a home game, which no, was crazy. The opposite of what you usually. But expect. I can imagine yeah. this city probably was going crazy uh, for that World Series, and then this first World Series title, right? Yeah, first yeah. time going as yeah, well. So that's right. So I actually, bet it was madhouse around. Right after one of the Wizards games, we th- was it Game Seven that we threw up Game Seven on the jumbotron. Yeah, we all had a watch party for all the fans yeah. who yeah. stayed after. We publicized it before. It was it was a really. We played the Rockets that night of all teams. Yeah, that was funny. That's right. That was the 159 (laughs) to 158 game against the Rockets. It was one of the most incredible nights I think this building has seen in a bit. Um, You touched on you know some of the the work that you're doing with your foundation. Is that more um, on like the coaching or training side? And uh, Uh, a little bit of both. Well, the training uh, right now because a lot of the kids are in high school basketball and, and playing school ball. Uh, we have a lot of younger kids, and we also have like a three-on-three league that we do for the younger kids. We feel like um, playing three-on-three kind of teaches, helps them learn a little bit more. Because in five-on-five, you have your couple guys that can play, and then you can kind of hide a couple guys on the side. But three-on-three, you have to play defense. You have to, the ball has to be in your hands. So we feel like that's a good teaching point uh, for the younger kids. How long are you in D.C.? Did you just come in for this game then? or? Yeah, I uh, came in yesterday, come for the game. Um, we'll stay a little longer, but the Super Bowl is tomorrow. So I gotta get I gotta get back and get ready for the Super Bowl party. <laughs> Absolutely, Richard. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. All right, Wizards fans, that'll do it for us today. Uh, just a look at the upcoming schedule for the GoGo and the Wizards. The GoGo are at home Saturday night at seven at Entertainment and Sports Arena against the Erie BayHawks, and the Wizards will continue their three-game homestand this weekend, starting tonight at seven against the Mavericks. All fans in attendance will receive a really really cool limited edition team poster with um a a really creative fun uh depiction of some of our guys and uh we're excited about that one uh sunday night at six the first ten thousand fans will receive an ish smith pop socket uh for those coming to the game against the grizzlies Uh, and then tuesday night they'll close up the six game homestand against the bulls uh on the front end of a back-to-back uh before heading off to all-star weekend um That's it for us. We'll check in next week.